If you're out of town but still rep the brown, this is the show for you. This is the Far Away Friars Podcast. I'm Beso, and I'm joined by Omar. What is up? The Padres haven't had a good go of it. Uh, of the last two series, they've had one win in total. Uh, they have some injuries, some big problems, and a big series coming up that's becoming uh, more and more important. The Padres, of course, at the time of recording, were just swept in a day game uh, by the Milwaukee Brewers. They lost two out of three to the Dodgers last weekend as well. And that was a series that had a lot of entertainment, a lot of excitement, but ultimately was a little bit unrewarding. We've also been, unfortunately, uh, made aware of some injury news today. And injury news has been a bit of the theme around the Padres. First off, Omar, I want to know, how are you doing? How do you think the Padres are doing? Uh, it's uh, It's been a rough go around uh, this past series. You know, obviously, uh, after the Pirates won, a bit cautious, but, you know, optimistic uh, that we can get something done. And then after the Dodgers series, we, we could argue we expected to to lose that one, but then, you know, bounce back with the Brewers. After the Brewers series, uh, let's just say tomorrow, this upcoming weekend is going to be interesting. This weekend does really sound like it's going to be very important. Right now, the Padres sit 10 and 10, which is only good enough for third in the division. It's only, uh, it's not even good enough for one of the two wildcard spots. Of course, it's very common to have teams around 500 at the beginning of the year. The good teams haven't sort of weeded themselves out yet. I want to know, in your opinion, at what point should we start looking at these standings and taking them seriously? Uh, look, I know, I know. It's April, season's long, yada, yada, yada. But at, at the same time, you know, I'm a baseball fan. You know, I want to see the club do well. It hurts to lose. You know, it, it hurts morale. So, so I say um, we, sh- we, really, we really shouldn't. But also, at some point, we have to say, hey, what what the fuck is going on? You know? One thing that, that creeps into my mind is, you know, that's worrying me. Of course, it's a 162-game season, and we're only 20 games in, so it's really nothing. One thing that does worry me, though, is last year was only a 60-game or so sample size. So that itself wasn't the largest amount of games so is it perhaps that the Padres might have set expectations too high are they closer to a 500 team than we wish they are I think with you know some of these bad series is that thought is creeping a little bit bigger into my mind I'm gonna play devil's advocate and say that we are we are closer to a 500 team uh while we did really good last season and that was good to watch, you know, there's an argument that we're not there there yet. You know, next year 
a year after that, we should definitely be because by then the squad would have molded with each other. You know, we'll have our full power rotation with um, Clevenger coming back, Lament hopefully coming back as well. You know, everything will click by then. But for now, maybe we're not ready. I, I hate to say that, but maybe we're not. That is a that is a pretty hot take. We're still in April right now. Last season, the Padres were thirty-seven and twenty-three, I believe. I know they were second in the National League overall. In my power rankings that I I do on uh, Reddit, with of course representatives for every team, we started ranking the Padres number two overall in the majors at the beginning of the season. And my thought is definitely that the Padres are are at least a, a tier down from that, especially right now. One thing that you brought up was next season, they will have players healthy, hopefully. Clevenger, we know, is looking at a 2022 next year ETA. Yesterday on April 20th, we learned about Adrian Morihon, who will have to go get Tommy John surgery, and he'll be out for all of this season. Adrian Morihone had pitched in two games so far this season. Denelson Lamette, we'll talk about him in a little bit. I want to know what you feel like, what you feel like the Padres should do about Fernando Tatis Jr., especially if you're thinking that the Padres should be aiming for next season. With Tatis, it's weird because he's slowly getting back. You know, uh, he hit a pretty crucial double. Uh, and, you know, that obviously didn't amount to anything today, but he, you know, looked okay, generally speaking. Um, and, you know, obviously he hit a pretty nasty home run in the opening game against the Dodgers. Uh, but then again, arguably, um, he struck out in a crucial moment that game. He went zero for three on the second day uh and you know he went i believe i heard a stat one for 13 in the dodgers series with that Mm -hmm. one being that home run yeah so you can argue that he isn't back just yet you know maybe he's slowly improving but if we're gonna aim for next year i wouldn't say put him under the knife immediately but we shouldn't rule that option out, you know? I just, I guess we just have to see how he's doing. It looks like the Brewer series, he did bounce back. If my math on the top of my head is correct, he's he hit a three for nine. That includes game two where he had one at bat, and that was a pinch hit, uh, hit in game two. Mm-hmm. I did hear that he had to alter his swing Fernando Tatis Jr. And that sounds worrying that, you know, he's altering his swing just to stay playing in 2021. Won't that have future effects? Won't that cause other types of problems going forward? Wouldn't it be better to just have the surgery if that meant that he could uh, continue once he's done rehabbing and he's healed up with his normal swing but i guess you know i wouldn't know that specifically it's tough to say you know as a padres fan i want to see him out there i want to see him having fun 
uh, you know, raking and doing great and everything. But at the same time, on that same level, I want him to be healthy. And, you know, we have him here for 14 years. You know, we're allowed to be cautious if needed. I think the Padres should be the most cautious with him. It should be a scenario where the Padres have to tell him not to play at one point if if they believe he's at risk of further injuring his shoulder there. And, you know, you don't want him to be playing while hurt. You don't want him to be potentially getting himself more hurt. Sort of staying on topic, Denelson Lamette came back today. He had to leave after 27 pitches against the Brewers today, was taken out, and I believe it says he had arm soreness, right forearm tightness, excuse me. So we don't know exactly what is going to be the fallout of that, but it's certainly worrying to see Denelson Lamette the best pitcher the Padres had from last year, arguably their second or third best pitcher in the rotation right now. It's really worrying to me to hear that. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, especially since what he, instead of getting Tommy John after the off season or after, I mean, when he got shut down before the postseason, uh, he just got, um, I forget what the exact procedure was, but they um, injected him with something that sh- should have helped him rehab. But, you know, obviously it might not have worked. I don't know. It- it's disappointing, especially when, you know, Morhone is out with Tommy John. Um, we had another really pitcher go out, Tommy John, earlier in the season. Um, what's his name? Uh, Kirby Yates, who was with the team last year. Obviously, he went to the Blue Jays. He now has to go under for Tommy John. Now Denelson Lament, you know, how long is this going to keep happening to us? You know, is this an in- is this just a bad luck thing, or is it our, you know? So not even uh, naming Denelson Lament yet because we're not a hundred percent sure that he's going to go get it right now because obviously it just happened today. The Padres have five players already out with a. Tommy John surgery. Of course, we have Adrian Marihone. We have Trey Winginter. Trey Winginter. Uh, Clevenger. Jose Castillo. And Michael Baez. All have... Uh, all are out with Tommy John surgery. Yikes. So that would be number six for the Padres there. There was a discussion on Reddit that not necessarily that the blame is on the Padres, but is there medical staff, you know, is there something or is the Padres medical staff not doing as well as they could? Are they not training these players as well as they could? Are the trainers, is there something going on that's leading to more injuries? In football, I used to watch football. The San Diego football team always used to have a lot of injuries and people always blamed the medical staff because there's there was something not going on correctly there. Do the Padres have the same problem? Yeah. Um ultimately I'm not a I'm not a sports uh I don't know what the correct terminology is, scientist or um sports science. 
sport uh, or sports medicine practitioner. So, you know, I wouldn't know. You know. Maybe they're doing their job just fine. You know, it could just be bad luck. Injury bugs happen to teams all the time, you know. Uh, and, you know, players just get, they just keep going down. And it, it's literally nothing they can do. It's just, you know, bad luck going around. But with the Padres, it's just like, you know, it hasn't been just this season, you know, last season, season before, I guess, you know, this has been a recurring thing. So I say it's a good idea to ask some questions about what's going on, have that transparency, because, you know, what we need to know what the hell is going on. Um, what kind of transparency do you think we're looking for here? Is there anything that would go outside of what they would normally do for the MLB? Should we hear from the players more about what kind of decisions are being made? I know part of it, we don't know if these players are trying to are trying to play and the team is uh, you know, telling them no, but they ultimately disagree, or if maybe the team is trying to have them play. I know in the Nelson Lamette case specifically, he did not want to get Tommy John surgery. So they sort of rushed him, but that was due to his own uh, choice there. Do you think that the Padres shouldn't have let him do that? Should they have, you know, pushed him a little bit more to wait longer? What do you think? Well, given that we don't know if he's getting Tommy John exactly, you know, I don't want to say anything concrete, but let's say he is. If he does get Tommy John, then I say the team should have just told them to, you know, get Tommy John when he got the injury in the first place, you know? The way I look at it, probably a boring answer. Why are they trying to rush things for 21? I think the team will do fine in 21, even injuries withstanding. Whatever happens to Tatis, if he stays healthy all year, that's great. We don't have any more, you know, knock on wood, long-term injuries. I think the team will still be very fine. But the window, the way A.J. Preller built this team, isn't just for this season. So they need to make sure that some of these guys, especially with Moray Hone and Lamette, these are young arms that the team wants to rely on in the future. Darvish isn't going to be here for the next five years. He's only going to be here for two, three more years. Clevenger, I think, has two years, if you include next year and the year after. They're going to need these guys to develop by the time their other pitchers you know, either age up and their quality goes down a little bit. They're going to need pitchers to be healthy and, you know, MLB level. So it is worrying in that sense. It is only April, so we are probably over worrying right now. Always. These are, you know, long-term problems possibly that the Padres are a little bit stung with the injury bug. And not just uh, little bang-ups here, but, you know, long-term injuries. Hmm. I will give credit where credit's due to uh, A.J. Preller, you know, for uh, getting people with such longevity. Uh, you know, you know, we have a really good farm system, and he's really smart when it comes to trading 
have we gotten good value out of our players? So, you know, even with a lot of injuries, you know, at least we have the depth. We have uh, the people who can go for a few for a while while those people rehab. At least there's that. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, it, it's April. You know, baseball fans are the most reactionary people on planet Earth. So we'll just have to wait and see. I agree. Let's move on to the Brewers. Uh, do we have to? Do we have to? So the Padres left a ton of guys on base against the Brewers. You know, there's been a lot of weird acronyms that I've seen on the internet. Uh, but one thing I've seen was uh, the Strand Diego instead of San Diego Strand. Strand Diego. <laughs> They've stranded. 159 players on base, most in the majors so far. And it's weird because we're talking about all these pitching injuries. Tommy John is a pitching injury. But the problem in the Dodgers series, the problem in this Brewers series, was not necessarily the pitching, it was the hitting. I'd argue it's been a problem all season. Yeah, you look at these these score lines and... They did give up six runs in game two, but the they were shut out at the same time too. So you can't complain on pitching if you don't score. And you know, I I'm not the only one here that has watched the Padres and some of these terrible uh seasons they've had in the past, but they scored three runs in three games. You're not gonna win a series with that sort of effort. Against the Dodgers. They did score 11 runs, uh, but they were shut out once as well there. It, it, uh, I don't even know if I want to say I'm mad, you know, or, or disappointed. It's just frustrating. And, and it's, you know, it's like we put so many people on base. That's the thing. We're getting on base, you know, with hits or walks. We can do that. We just, when it comes to the clutch factor, you know, we're swinging at everything. And missing, like like um the end of the game uh when Tatis had doubled and I believe Machado had walked, Hosmer was left at, at the plate. You know he was the go ahead winning score, and he struck out. You know that's just like throw your remote at the TV moments or the um potential grand slam the inning before where literally we got full base uh of bases full of friars. With zero outs and Fam, I believe Fam was able to get a three-zero count, and then the next three batters struck out. <sighs> the series sucked. Yeah, the series was really tough. I guess I didn't, I wasn't prepared. I didn't expect the Brewers to be this dominating pitching-wise. These were home games, and the Padres couldn't even get one from them. I I I don't think this is this might not age well at all. I almost think like with the Padres having all these runners in scoring position, do you think there's anything where it's like oh, well we were slam Diego last year. Let's make the big play. And so they might be trying to hit doubles, triples and homers a little bit too much when they're in these positions and then end up flying out or just you know, striking out when perhaps they could have gone for that just contact 
single to keep the the inning going one by one. I'm just saying maybe they're going for the big play rather than taking a deep breath and and continuing the inning. That could be possible. I mean, you know, like even without the whole San Diego moniker, you know, whenever bases are loaded, you know, there's always that like, uh, you know, thing in the back of your mind. Hey, why don't I just swing it hard on this? Maybe I'll get a grand slam, sort of thing. But you know, yeah, it it it, it could definitely be a mentality thing. You know, you you want to do the big moments because you know baseball is about big moments or whatever. I know I might be just, you know, that just might be a complete hot take there. But that's that's just like the feeling that I get from it when you see these players that you know have the potential, have the talent to be better in these situations. And as a whole team, it's just been uh, pretty frustrating since that Pittsburgh series there. I think when we get to about 50 games in, that would be when I would start to look at these standings and start to take them seriously. One thing to note is that the Padres right now are six games behind the Dodgers in the loss column. If this series goes badly, it's a four-game series. You know, they could drop pretty far behind the Dodgers. It's only April. But you obviously don't want that to happen. Of course, best case scenario, and the Padres sweep the Dodgers, then they're right there with them. <laughs> uh, speak it into existence. Come on. Yeah. The Padres had a pretty fun series to lighten us up a little bit against the Dodgers last weekend. I, I thought it was fun. I I know some people thought, it was a little bit too much jarring back and forth between uh, opposing teams. I know we saw Kershaw uh, yelling at some Padres players. What do you think about all that? Uh, I personally, I enjoyed the series, you know, even though we lost and even though the first game literally took five hours, never again. Uh, I thought it was good. So my friend, uh, my Dodger friend, my Dodger friend, I mentioned it before. He was telling me like, oh, he was asking me, "Oh, hey, you think this is a rivalry? You know, yeah, you think we actually care about each other?" I'm like, "Well, yeah. If you're asking me, it's a rivalry, and then it's a fucking rivalry. I don't know what you want from me." So like all the all these you know Dodger fans saying, uh, like, "Oh, we don't care about you," or "Oh, hey, you won. When's the parade?" I'm just like, "Fuck off." Okay, don't talk about rent free when you keep talking about us. That's all I'm saying. I really think I, I said it last week too. When both teams are talking about each other, then it's not one way or the other. I really enjoyed game two, even though it was a a pitcher's duel where the Padres didn't even score. But seeing Darvish versus Kershaw was pretty fun. That was nice. That was good. The Padres haven't really had anything that matched that sort of hype on the pitching mound. Uh, since Jake Peavy. With uh, Chris Paddock, there was kind of like a fake hype. The Padres have had other good pitchers, but Darvish and Snell, they both kind of bring their own aura because they've succeeded with other teams. So to me, that's kind of what it felt like. It's like, this is their ace. The Padres have our ace here, and 
you know, both guys are going at it. And it was pretty fun to see them both go well. Of course, I didn't want to see Kershaw pitch so deep into the game, but no one wants to see that. I'd rather see another clip, uh, clip of him picking his nose. And Snell versus Bauer was great as well. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of happy that we're at the point where our rotation can legitimately go up against the Dodgers. And, you know, the Dodgers, no question, have the best rotation in baseball. You know, that's a fact. I hate it, but it's a fact. But, you know, to, to that we have a rotation that we can go up to them and it's like, hey, we can match up to you on our best day. That's, a, that's, a, that's important, you know? I agree with you. And when we look at the Padres versus the Dodgers, I like our chances just on the starting pitching mound, even though the Padres have had a lot of injuries here. And we'd love to have Lamette. You know, we'd love to have uh, Maury Hone. On Thursday, the 22nd of April, the first game of the series in Los Angeles, the Padres will have Ryan Weathers uh, versus Walker Bueller. Weathers did pitch against the Dodgers last series, and he did pretty well. One thing to note is he's on a pitch count. Like, they have him on a pitch limit. So he won't go past... Uh, the fourth inning, I would assume. But he pitched very well against the Dodgers last game, and he has a 1-0 and an under-1, a .93 ERA so far this season. Yeah, I, I like the stuff that he's bringing. You know, he's able to hold his own. I think uh, in the long run, he can be uh, not uh, not an ace, um, no offense if you're listening for whatever ungodly reason, but not an ace, but definitely uh, a reliable guy, you know, whether he's in the rotation, he's in long relief, whatever, you know. And, you know, I'm happy that he was able to go the distance for a little bit with the Dodgers, which, you know, best team in baseball, you know, you can't hit against a guy who wasn't even in our rotation to begin with, but whatever. Uh, yeah, it's impressive, you know. Uh, kudos to him. And Bueller across from him, of course, is a great pitcher. So to me, that looks like a pitching duel on Thursday. A great game to see there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On Friday, the 23rd, you'll have Darvish versus Kershaw part two. And of course, we already said, you know, how great it was to see that first part. I would love for Darvish this time to be the one to pitch a shutout and Kershaw to get the L there. On Saturday, the 24th, they have Snell against Bauer part two. I I really want to, I really want them to, you know, make Bauer angry because he's <laughs> fun to watch when he's upset. Uh, so I don't like, uh, I, I don't like Bauer that much as a player. I mean, as a person, um, he's all right. Uh, I've I watched his YouTube channel. Uh. He's not bad at all. He he knows how to handle a YouTube channel, uh, and I like a lot of the content he makes. But you know, as a player, uh, you know he can go straight to hell. I did see he had a video on Joe Musgrove's uh, no hitter, and I thought that was pretty cool because obviously mm-hmm. he's on an opposing team now, but he still took the time to talk about a lot of Joe Musgrove's no hitter and a lot of the different pitches he used, and I thought that was very entertaining because he obviously cares a lot about the game. Mm-hmm. I do. Like Bauer, based on a lot of the different antics he's 
pulled and how much he hated the Astros. I was very upset that he ended up with the Dodgers because I can't can't root for him anymore now that he's on the uh, evil empire here. Yeah, that's a problem. Like the Dodgers have so many good players. I hate saying that, but they do. You know, Bauer, Mookie, Bellinger, Kershaw. The list goes on. You know, and you know, as a baseball fan, you want to like them because you know you want to like baseball. But you know, as a Padres fan. You know, screw all of them. You don't want to say nice things about them. It's always been painful to see how loaded the the Dodgers have been the last few years um, on the field. And they just keep stacking the deck every year. The Padres, thankfully, have gotten a lot more competitive. In Sunday's game, we'll have Joe Musgrove going against Dustin May. And, you know, I think Musgrove at least at this point, is a better pitcher than Dustin May, in my opinion. Musgrove, over his last six starts, this goes back to last season, he's had 39 innings pitched with a .69 ERA. Nice. And he's, <laughs> he's been just very good. And, you know, if you want to say, okay, Bueller over Weathers slash the bullpen, then I would say Musgrove over May. And then you have Snell and Darvish versus Kershaw and Bauer. Kershaw and Bauer. And I, I think that's an even split with those four pitchers. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting thing. You know, uh Musgrove honestly, despite losing last time out, but you could argue he got the ground, unfortunately. Uh, but generally speaking, he has done really well for this team. Uh, you know, yeah, against May, it'll be it'll be good. You know, hopefully he can get the win. You know, I, I think as a as a San Diego fan, uh, winning against the Padres, you know, that'll be like the second best day in his life. It's time for him to throw a no hitter against the Dodgers. Not, um, <laughs> not. I still have that optimism. I still, you know. If the Padres come out and win three out of four in L.A., it'll really just boost everybody's morale back. And we might be on a completely different tone by next week. Mm -hmm. If they split, I think it'll still go pretty well. I think that's kind of like, let's at least split. You would like to do more, of course, but I think that's a good start. We don't want to hear anything worse than that. don't you know you want to at least get, get something positive and you know two games that'd be positive especially after this last series uh you know after this last week honestly you know getting two wins off the best team in baseball would be uh great now you say that the dodgers are the best team in baseball but is that is that true uh, the Dodgers are 14 and four. Uh, they do have the best record in baseball still, but I would argue that the Oakland Athletics are right on their tail as far as the uh, best teams. They're at least the hottest team right now. They've now won 11 straight. Uh, well, I don't want to jump the gun. Like I- I'm happy for the Athletics. You know, they really bounced back after uh, getting swept by the Astros in uh, on the opening series. They they've come back. They've whipped 
everybody into shape. But best team? Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. I just mean right now they're definitely the best team because they've won 11 straight. I don't know if they're going to hang on. They walked off the Twins tonight with a, due to a throwing error. <laughs> third baseman overthrew what should have been a routine, more or less, uh, ground out. It should have been a ground out, but it was bases loaded situation. And uh, the A's got two in due to an error. Is this a, is this another Moneyball thing? You know, like where they just get people who can get on base. <laughs> the A's will always uh, combine that low payroll with with guys that somehow it just works for them, at least in the regular season. Oh, and yeah. I I think they'll do. I think they're going to do well in the regular season. They're on this streak right now, and that's obviously not going to hold up. They've catapulted themselves to number one in the AL West, and it's disappointing because I saw the Mariners in first place, and I wanted to talk about the Mariners, but the A's went <laughs> ahead of them. Mariners yeah, are doing yeah. pretty well for what they are as well. They're at 11-7, and seven, uh, now in second place in the AL West. Yeah, and uh, don't forget the Angels. Uh, they've been heating up as well with Trout and Otani doing – really good things for them you know the aos for now uh minus the astros who are on a bit of a, a cold streak as well and the rangers who uh are currently in the process of transferring to the padres triple a system you know we'll hopefully get that ironed out next week i shouldn't talk my team got swept <laughs> <laughs> didn't hear about that otani he hit another home run today um his ops is higher than his ERA, which uh, baseball nerds would know that's pretty amazing. His ERA mm-hmm. is under, it's at 1.04, and his OPS is at 1.05. So he's, yeah. he's done amazing, and the Angels have been fun to watch recently. So a lot of AL West love for the A's, Mariners, and Angels right now. I've said it before, I said it again, Otani is winning the MVP. It's gonna happen. I mean, it would be interesting. I'm, I'm certainly uh, not against it happening. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The last time the uh, ALS was as hyper competitive was, I want to say 2002, uh, when the Athletics were able to win the division, despite the Mariners having won 116 games the year before, but then the Angels won the World Series that year as well. So it was just crazy all over. So in 2002. The A's won the division at 103 and 59. The Angels finished second and got the wild card going on to win the World Series from that wild card spot at 99 and 63. And the Seattle Mariners won 93 games and missed out on the playoffs. Crazy. That, that's, a, that's a crazy amount of wins to miss out in the playoffs. There were only four teams in the division back then. The Astros hadn't moved over yet. The Rangers were bad, but as they always are, the other three teams likely beat beat on them. You know, that's kind of how that works. (laughs) They wouldn't have as good of a record otherwise. But that year did look like a bloodbath. This year, we have no idea. You know, I don't think the Mariners are going to be able to hold up. I think the A's will be pretty good by the end of the year. 
I think the Angels will be at least 500. I hate to say it, but I think the Astros will be at least 500 as well, competitive. Unfortunately. I don't see the Mariners holding up. I, I want them to hold up, but I don't see it. Just saying right now, as of April 21st, the Mariners and Angels would be the two wild cards for the American League right now. So you'd have three teams out of five making the playoffs from the AL West. The AL West is a surprise package um, so far. You know, it's crazy to watch them. Three teams is asking for a lot, uh, especially with, let me think. Well, they they have the luck that, uh, you know, the AL East is kind of weird right now. I, I think the Red Sox are still leading, but the Yankees are kind of bad. Blue Jays haven't been doing as well. Uh, you know, and the AL Central, uh, White Sox and Twins, you know, should be leading the way, but, you know, so far they're not. So it's kind of weird to say. If you look at the AL uh, bottom feeders, the last place teams in each division, it is very odd because you have the Astros, and, you know, we hate the Astros, but we'd expect them to be better than that. The Twins, Mm -hmm. who the last few years have been, uh, you know, playoff team, they're in last at 6-11 and in their division. And the Yankees are in last in the AL East, which is something... We very rarely say, of course, I would expect all three of them to bounce back. It's so early right now, but it is odd to just see it right now. Do you think the Red Sox are going to be decent this year? I I didn't think so. I thought they were going to be around fourth in the AL East. Uh, I think the Red Sox are just taking advantage of every other team. So far, not being as well as we predicted them. You know, Yankees suck. Toronto, it's kind of meh. Baltimore, doing better than expected, arguably. Tampa Ray, I'd say as well. Uh, so I think for now, they're taking advantage of their situation. But I'm going to be honest, it's not going to last. I say Tampa's about where we would expect them. You know, we, we knew that, you know, they were a really good team last year, but they'd fall off a little bit. Uh, Toronto, I would expect to get a little bit better. Baltimore, a little bit worse. I don't think it's going to last for the Red Sox. Uh, But for now, they look pretty good. What about the Royals in first place in the AL Central? That's another tough one. Because I know they were in the middle of rebuild, and this year was supposed to be like, hey, we should start seeing results. You know, so I think, I mean, they're... It's primarily the fact that the Minnesota team has not been doing great at all. And, you know, Detroit and Cleveland are kind of doing as expected. You know, so right now it's just Royals and the White Sox. But if if the Royals can pull it off, you know, we'll see. But personally, I doubt it. I think the White Sox have too much to uh, be held down. I I agree. It's way too early to call. Um to really take anything away, but it, it is always fun to see these storylines because for some of these teams, this is the bright moment of the year. Um, as they always say in baseball, hope springs eternal, you know? So you last week said that you were going to get uh, MLB The Show 21 when it comes out. I did. I did. Have you been enjoying it? Honestly, yeah. It's been pretty fun. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Diamond Dynasty. Uh, this was the year I wanted to 
actually give it a chance because years before I just stuck offline, went throughout to the show, franchise, yada yada yada. But this year mm-hmm. I wanted to give it a try, and it's been pretty fun so far. Uh, I built a pretty good Diamond Dynasty team so far. Uh, my two best players have actually no, my three. I want to say three have been Anthony Rendon, P. Alonso, and Joey Gallo. And I'm just saying, uh, Anthony Rendon, solid as the leadoff, but Pete Alonso and Joey Gallo is a nasty one-two punch in the cleanup. Just if one doesn't homer, the other will, is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, it's it just been really fun playing with those players. What's their uh, overall? Are they like 80 overall, 90 overall? Uh, they are 80 something. Uh, Rendon. Is- the only diamond of the three uh gallo uh gallo and alonzo are golds but uh they're underrated in my opinion because they've just been really great for me are you playing with this team against other uh, real life people or are you playing against the computer uh ironically i'm only, i've been playing against the computer but i did try to play a uh a ranked game earlier today uh, mm-hmm. I lost on a walk-off, unfortunately. But I did oh, no. get a home run with Rendon and Gallo, I believe. Yeah. Okay. How was the the latency? Was it was it good? It was all right. Um, aver- the average latency that you usually get from Emily the Show, uh, where if you aren't familiar, it kind of lags a bit uh, from time to time because, you know, it needs to get the two players... Uh, you know, I don't know what the proper terminology is, but you know, get their inputs together at the same time. Synced but generally, up. yeah, synced up. Uh, but it's generally all right. You know, uh, it's not like horrendous lag. Like I know when I did the tech test uh, for the game earlier in the year, um, some of the lag was bad. It was really bad, but uh, they they smoothed it a bit. When I play NBA 2K, it always bugs me out because uh the player you know slides around and kind of like floats around the court sometimes and you know you get you get a feeling like you're you have no weight because the latency's pretty bad at times with their servers so that is a very important problem that uh any sports game has to tackle mm-hmm. um as far as MLB the show 21 I've seen a little bit I was peeking at it at the reviews, and I, I've seen some positives, especially from the stadium creator. Have you tried that out yet? Mm-hmm. I played around with it for a bit. Uh, I like a lot of the uh, options, the freedom that it gives you to either make um, some really nice detailed stadiums or mm-hmm. to make monstrosities, which is, you know, always fun. <laughs> uh Although I, I will say I haven't, had, I haven't had time to make a stadium that's just like an enclosed box, uh, so I'm gonna have to do that next time I get on. But yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff to play. Um, personally, I still would argue that it should have been on last gen. I, I don't know why it needs to just stay on next gen, but I mean, hey, I have a next gen console, so who am I to complain? I'm I'm guessing that. They would say it needs to be the newest gen because it needs, uh, I guess, the assets. It needs to have enough uh, GPU to be able to run all these different mm. things. That's I'm it. not super familiar, but I saw like 
there was uh, somebody that posted one of these created ballparks and it had like a slide. It had like a moving train or something. I'm like, for all these things to be going on in the background while the game's going, I I would assume that takes a a good amount of power and maybe the PS4 they're saying doesn't have enough, but the PS5 does. Uh, well, when it comes to that, when it comes to that sort of stuff, you know that makes sense. You know, uh, if they had that running on a PS4, uh, don't get me wrong, I love the PlayStation 4, but yeah, this thing is a laggy motherfucker. <laughs> it wouldn't handle that. But you know, hell, they could have at least added like a basic one, like help very bare bones. People would still be happy because at least it's there. You know, like I mean, older yeah. MLB the Show games, hell, older. Two MLB 2K games, you know, who which haven't released anything in a while, have it. So, well, yeah, I agree. It would make it would make the people happy, but I guess they want people to buy the new stuff and buy the newest uh, console and everything. Are you using uh, any team's jerseys? Did you make your own for your Diamond Dynasty team? Uh, actually, I'll send you it. Uh, for our listeners at home, I base my jersey off the local uh, minor league team that's in my area, the Inland Empire 66ers. Uh, okay. Hold on just a second. Uh, send compressed, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so those are how they look like. Uh, I really like the white jersey, but uh, I think the blue jersey is also pretty cool, especially with the Inland 66ers road sign. You made that, you made that all yourself? Uh no, the the logos were already there. Someone had uploaded okay. them. Okay, yeah, I just used them, but I like how they turned out. That's pretty cool, though. That that again is similar to uh, NBA Two K. Sometimes, like players will share their um, their logos, and then you can add them to jerseys and things of that nature as well. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, creative logos. Uh, I made a, a Team USA uniform earlier i'll send that as well um and uh like a lot of the logos i found uh and you Mm -hmm. know there's a lot of nice ones the one in particular that it was like an american flag patch and i used that Mm -hmm. like you know how like um uh, soccer jerseys are with the patch Uh, i kind of did it in that style and i really liked how it turned out okay I'll, i'll say i really do like the uh the pinstripe white jersey oh yeah for USA. that one's my favorite i'm not a big yeah. fan of the red something something about it doesn't doesn't fit i'll, I'll be honest me me neither uh i don't I, I think it might be the number i'll be honest with you that's probably it i have to figure something out i didn't want to use the usa logo on both you know i wanted the yeah. the other one to be unique but i may just have to just put it on I'm not I'm not against the I'm not against using the flag on the right. Uh I guess it's the left side like that. I think it should be a blue jersey though to match the hat. Um I don't know, I feel like red would be the wrong color, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Well I mean I made these for fun. Uh, I don't know if I'm if I do use them in Diamond Dynasty, then maybe I'll do I'll try that, but we'll see. But yeah, it was just something fun I did. Of course. Um, lastly, I do have to ask because I was a little uh, curious. I've heard some players were upset at the changes to the road to the show mode. Um, how do you feel about how they've tackled that? There's a lot of good and bad. Uh, I do like how 
the way they did the loadouts, you can equip one for any game. They give you a prompt. So uh, if you're doing the two-way player thing, uh, let's say one game you're starting pitcher, you can make sure to add that loadout. Uh, the next game, you're the designated hitter. You can then add that loadout. So I like how they did that. You know, at least they're implementing that. But uh, on to be a to be a negative about it, the loadout's kind of weird sometimes, and also the progression system is kind of dumb because it kind of wants you to play Diamond Dynasty, but it yeah. kind of it's 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 trying to say oh we you know you don't have to, but it's really saying oh you kind of do, which I think. Like I like Diamond Dynasty. Don't get me wrong, but you know some players don't play for that. You know, like when I play FIFA, I don't play Ultimate Team because Ultimate Team's garbage. I play Career Mode, and that's it. So you know, yeah, yeah. I uh, I feel the same way. I went out and actually I saw that uh, GameStop had MLB The Show 20 on sale for ten dollars. <laughs> So I got it uh, for fifteen dollars total, and like I, because I saw the the road to the show stuff was at least mixed. I would say for the newest game. So I said, look, if I'm gonna play this game, I for the most part, I just want to play it offline at least right now. And I purchased it, the PlayStation Four version of twenty. And I'm enjoying it. I played, I, I've been playing the career mode. I made a little shortstop guy that can just hit the ball, like contact hitter. And he got drafted mm-hmm. by the Angels. And I, I thought it was pretty fun. The only thing I'm not good at is the base running. Oh, <laughs> long story short, I keep getting picked off. And I'm like, what? It's a. Uh... Yeah. Uh, funny thing earlier today when I was playing. Uh, my player has been doing pretty good. He he's able to get on base a lot, especially with drag button. He's like a master at drag button, uh, bunting, button, whatever. Uh, and he's also a really good starting pitcher. Uh, he's able to pitch deep into games. Uh, but uh, I got called to the manager's office, uh, and they were like, "Oh, hey, your base running's trash." And I'm like, uh, well, "Thanks." Well, that that's kind of not my style, but whatever. Which is funny because uh, my uh, position uh in the field other than starting pitcher is second base so you know second basemen are always expected to be like these fast players and stuff and that's not my guy really (laughs) i i got i tried to be a shortstop that was very quick and good at fielding and um in just the the beginning games they're like hey beso can your character uh be switched to right field because the major league team doesn't have any right fielders. And I was like, okay, sure. If it'll, you know, make me get called up faster. And then like right after that, the coach goes to talk to me and he's like, Beso, you don't uh, have enough power in your swing. Like a right fielder should. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, That's because I wanted to be a shortstop. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. To me? But uh, to the shows and scene. I mean, I don't hate it, you know, at the end of the day, it's a fun, it's a fun grind, you know, to get up, to get called out to the majors and everything. And I, I like that they're at least trying with a lot of the presentation stuff. You know, obviously yeah. they talk about adding like the whole oh, podcast as you go along, which is kind of sometimes, you know, it's all right. Sometimes it's like, 
why aren't you talking about my player doing this or that when you're talking about something completely random? Like, my player got called up to the All-Star game for Double A. They haven't talked about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Some of it's ham-fisted, some of it works well. Yeah, at least they're, they have said they're trying to improve some of it, you know? Fix that whole playing Diamond Dynasty to do stuff and wrote it to the show. They're trying to fix that, which, you know, they're trying. Okay. Well, I look forward to hearing uh, a few more updates on that as as you continue on your Diamond Dynasty and uh, player journey in 21. I am, I think I'm okay with 20 as it is. I'm enjoying it and I want to... I mean, I stuck with I, I stuck with 19 uh, for the past few years. It was pretty alright, so you know. Uh, when it comes yeah. to sports games, there really is no shame in sticking with the older copy. Like honestly, I only got this version because next gen version, really. Yeah. No, I I definitely understand, and you know I like I said I I hope to hear some more about it um, as we continue on. The Padres again uh, have a four game series coming up against the Dodgers. Then they have a two-game series at the beginning of next week against the Diamondbacks, but a little bit more weight with the Dodgers series, of course. Is there anything else you'd like to let the listeners know uh, that's happened in the past week or looking ahead? Uh, past week, not so much, really. Uh, or we'll cover it next week if we absolutely need to. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I will. I will personally be at the worst stadium in America to oh, watch no. the best team in the world beat the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'm excited for that. Um, trash talking to the side, you know. I'm, I'm hoping to have fun and see some good baseball. I've never been to Dodgers Stadium, so I, I definitely want to hear all about that experience being in enemy territory for a rivalry game. That you know they'll say isn't a rivalry game, but let's see how many times you hear that. Um, <laughs> I want to hear what uh, what the fans say to you. Are you going to be wearing Padres gear? Are you going to be? Oh, absolutely. Out? Okay, absolutely. You're not no, going to no. be incognito. Okay, no, fuck no. no. <laughs> if I'm going to enemy ter- territory, I'm going to be just dressing right. You know, my uh, DH Gate sponsor jersey, my Padres hat, um, my Adidas pants. That are not fucking Padres. Nice. You know, with the with the DH Gate jerseys, it's funny. You can get a jersey. I got my jersey stitched. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I didn't do that. But I got my jersey stitched for the price of under my. It, it was less than my New Era official cap. <laughs> Actually, same, same. Ironically, <laughs> those, uh, those official hats are thirty-eight bucks. Yep. But China jerseys, they're they're cheap. Anyway. I want to, you know, thank you for coming on, Omar, and sharing Absolutely. your opinions. I look forward to seeing how the season goes and seeing how this series goes. Hopefully, it can match the entertainment level of the first season, but uh, we can double or triple that win total at least in the uh, series. That's the plan. I want to thank anyone listening along and hanging with us. This is our third episode recording. The bugs haven't all been worked out yet, but I'm glad you're here with us. Uh, Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening on Spotify or wherever you are listening. Uh, If you disagree with any of our statements, you can kindly fuck off. 
No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We appreciate it, truly. We, We do appreciate it. And whether you're San Diego at heart or San Diego at home, I want to thank you for listening to the Far Away Friars podcast. Uh, Have a wonderful week in the later weeks of April. Thank you. See y'all later.